What happens to us after we die? Do we cease to exist? Or do we live on? This may be the biggest question that mankind has ever asked. Where do we go when we die? And who is there to greet us? And why? What exactly does it mean to become a spiritual person? Does it consist of following predetermined laws? Or is it a personal journey? These are the types of questions that we will discuss. Welcome to the Regression Session. Welcome back to the Regression Session. My name is Ian. This week we're going to be hearing from Spencer, and Spencer runs the Elysium School of Transformation, where he teaches people how to astral project in a positive way using mindfulness and other techniques. I'm excited to have him on the show to talk about his views. If you've had a spiritual experience, or if you have past life memories, if you're an astral projector or another past life practitioner, doesn't really matter what piece of the puzzle you're into. I would love to hear from you. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com. So without any further ado, let's get into today's interview with Spencer. Hey, Spencer, thanks for coming on to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, absolutely, man. Um, For the audience, tell me a little bit about your background in astral projection, because I know we were talking a little bit about the show uh, and we went over this, but tell me a little bit about your background and beliefs beforehand. Um, I th- Yeah, so I didn't really have any beliefs at all when I first uh, learned about it. Like, I'd say the first time I did it was around eight or nine years ago, and it was definitely by accident. Uh, what my initial, the uh, my initial way of getting into astral projection was, uh, my well, my initial reason for having my first astral projection was I was learning how to play with you know telekinesis and play with uh, pyrokinesis, and um, this was, I, I wouldn't say around the first time the internet started showing up, but. Uh, when forums got more popular and more people were using it and there were more conversations about um, or or more forums available for people to like just have their own conversations about things. And I would play like uh, video games and watch a lot of, you know, like Marvel's. uh, I never really got into comic books, but, you know, that type of scene, uh, learning about different powers. And then Eventually, I got to a point where I was like, I wonder if you can actually do these things. And then I found out that there's actually people out, you know, actually trying it out and like trying to play with telekinesis and stuff. So I jumped on these forums and I started playing around with these things called side wheels or like little 
tin foil things that you would put on a toothpick or something and like stick up on like a uh, um, uh, eraser. And then you would use your kinetic energy from your hand to move this, this piece of foil. So I was doing that for like the longest time. And then it turns out when you're playing with any type of non-physical uh, attributes of yourself, any type of like metaphysical attributes of yourself, you like wake up other aspects of yourself. So while I'm doing this, you know, practice of telekinesis, I was uh, also having more vivid dreams, uh, lucid dreams of like the video games I was playing. I would like actually show up as a character in the, 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 the game. And it was like super lucid. And uh, eventually I had this one experience where I had a um, astral projection completely by accident. And um, the way that happened was I went to bed at night and then in the middle of the night, I felt like someone had like put a, a, um, a board or something like over my body, like on top of me, like there was like, I can feel it on my I can feel it on my body and everything. So I felt myself, like just the thought of that, I felt myself turn around. And when I turned around, I opened my eyes and I, I was looking down at my body sleeping in the bed. And that freaked me out, woke up instantly. And uh, uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. And I kind of was like a little put off by it for the longest time until I started like, finding out more people were practicing it. And, uh, and then I started uh, looking into it in that way. Gotcha. And so in your opinion, is, is astral projection dreaming? It is. Like, is it like an advanced form of dreaming? Um, advanced form of dreaming. I don't believe that. Um, and I, I hesitate because when you're, because I believe that when you are dreaming in your own mental space, like you're, every night you dream, every time you go to sleep, every time you, um, yeah, every time you go to sleep, your astral body, your energy body floats outside of your physical body. And it kind of either like hovers there or like sometimes when you're like astral projecting, you might see other people like, daydreaming or not daydreaming um walking around like i I, I don't really sleepwalking i guess sleepwalking in the astral plane like they're not fully conscious that they're in the astral plane but they're just kind of doing stuff there what they're what's happening is that they are having their own experience with inside their own thought bubble reality which they can control so and in a sense it is like uh, a higher it's like a lower level of being in the astral plane like you're in your own thought bubble and then if you wake up from that you are able to control the reality within your thought bubble and if you wake up from that you are able to experience the astral plane which is uh looks more realistic in in this like like actual reality so so in your opinion then basically what you're saying is astral projection isn't necessarily dreaming but dreaming is like a lower level astral projection then it is a i would say yeah like a like a byproduct of you know 
being in the astral, your own, yeah, your own thought bubble. I would say, yeah. That's that's a really interesting way to look at it because I haven't really talked to anybody else who looks at it like that because, I mean, so so you're saying that when you're dreaming, you're you're not. It's not just in your head. It is not in your head in the sense that it is all the action is happening within your physical body, your brain. Your brain is just like a receive a receiver for information, a receiver and a transmitter for information. What's happening is that your astral body is experiencing that reality. Like say for an, for an example, um, my girlfriend's sleeping next to me. She's having her own, she's having her own dream and I astral project and I see that her body is floating outside of her or her, her astral body is floating outside of her body. Um, I, I personally haven't done this yet, but I've heard that it, it is possible to like interact with that person's dream, like going into their dream. I, I like again, like I haven't done it myself, but that seems to be a thing that is possible. So, have you seen other people then that are in that state while astral projecting, and have you interacted yeah. with them at all, or have you attempted to? Uh, yes, it's kind of like they, if they have no practice with astral projection or if they not even astral projection, there are plenty of people who astral project, but if they're not prepared to uh, prepared or trained to leave, it's kind of like waking up someone who doesn't, how do you say it's like uh, trying to drag someone around, but they're like unconscious. Like you're, you're trying to drag, drag drag a sleeping body around like they won't particularly remember the experience because they're not training their self to remember the experience okay okay that makes a little bit more sense so so you're you're saying that the brain is a receiver right and i kind of i've I've kind of come to the conclusion well not the conclusion i kind of have a theory that is kind of along the same lines that Mm. that your brain is almost like a like a filter, right? It's like a, this is going to sound funny, but like, like a meat filter. (laughs) It like, and this is, and this is based off of like research that's been done by credible doctors and scientists that have studied, um, for example, like, um, deathbed visions where people who are lucid and not on drugs, Mm. um, who were approaching their natural death were seeing people, um, that they mm-hmm. that had passed away, and people who've studied and documented mm-hmm. near death experiences and and things like that, it, um, a lot of those people kind of have come to the same thing that um, the brain is more of a filter, like I said, like kind of like a meat filter, which sounds kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's kind of the I, I kind of am um, believing on the same line of that or as that because. Uh, of some experiences that I've had doing past life regressions, which is what I do. How was your experience with a past life regression? So, so my experience, um, okay. A little bit of background about me as I have this condition called aphantasia or aphantasia. Different people say it different ways. Right. right. It's where I physically cannot. Well, okay, great. Then I'll explain it to you. I love talking about it because it sucks. (laughs) Um, I can't visualize like if 
if I ask you to close your eyes and imagine a, a tree, would you be able to physically see it? Yeah. Okay. When I do that and I try that, no matter yeah. how hard I try, I cannot see anything. Uh, apples, trees, people, faces, anything like that. I can't Visualization. see Visualization. It. It's black. It's just completely black for me. And another thing is, is that I can't, like most people apparently have their own voice in their head talking to them. I don't have that. Oh, yeah. I don't have a voice in my head at all. That just sounds creepy to me. So I can't visualize at all. I didn't know I had this condition until I heard about it. Mm -hmm. And then I went and talked to like my doctor and was like, hey, is it possible that I have this? And he was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you have it. So I was like, great. I guess I got the (laughs) shit under the stick, you know? Right. Well, I wonder what that, what you gained from that. Because I feel like that stops a lot of people, like the voice in their head. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just don't have it. And people are always like, "How do you think?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> I just think. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard. Yeah. To, it's hard to put into words. But when I, I, I regress people. I don't like go under myself all the time. I've only done it gotcha. one or two times. Uh, one time I remember being a woman who died in childbirth, and the other time. Uh, it's a whole other story where I saw a little mm-hmm. girl and my spirit guide grabbed me and like threw me back up to my own consciousness, like, um, Interesting. to my, to being conscious, not being in a, in a trance. And then later my friend Taylor saw that same little girl and that little girl almost like, whoa, possessed her body. It was really weird, man. It was weird. Interesting. Yeah. Got some past. <laughs> There's yeah. a reason why you're doing it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I've been trying to get answers to that specifically, but um, yeah, I do past life regressions and um, I kind of didn't believe in anything like that either until I started studying it. And mm. when I first did it, I kind of was like, oh man, you know, this is, this is just going to be a joke, right? Like, I didn't really expect mm. anything. And then people started pulling out like verifiable right. details, right? And and that's kind of yeah. the verifiable details is kind of what I look for in any experience, including when you're astral projecting, right? Oh, yeah. So anytime, Hands I've, down. anytime I've talked to somebody about this, I'm always like, okay, do you have any experiences that you were able to verify later? So do you have any experiences that you were able to verify somehow or even anecdotally? anecdotically um that i'm able to verify yeah and i know that's that's kind of a hard ask right you know what i i even have like i I run a school and my the first we have a a a list of core values and the first value uh our first core value is question everything don't believe anything with blind faith experience it for yourself uh i this is a consciousness experience. Like I can't um, particularly verify it in the way that, you know, for everyone to experience, like everyone listening to this, I can't show everyone how to do it, but I can show you how you can do it. And if you put in the effort and time to do it yourself, you will have the experience for yourself. Uh, it is, it is once you experience being in a different state or a different frequency still on the same plane of existence, but clearly you're like able 
to walk through walls, able to experience flight, able to experience things like uh, creating things, like shifting your own personal body into like whatever you want. Uh, I feel like that's the only way someone, even if you're a skeptic, even if you're not a skeptic, um, I say just experience it for yourself. So in experiencing these things, you know, obviously, regardless of whether or not it's quote unquote real, it's mm. still a real experience, right? And it those, oh, yeah. it can still be powerful. But, you know, it to your knowledge, is there any like commonalities between people who are astral projecting, like anything that people have experienced that aren't connected to each other, that they're experiencing like the same types of things? That aren't connected and they are experiencing the same type of things? Uh, yes. You, um, several times I've been out, I've seen, or there's one instant for, for one, one time this instance, I uh, was in this not peculiar best situation of living. So when I projected and uh, exited, exited my room, there's a, well, uh, without going into too much detail, there was a lot of uh, negative energy at, at that time in my life. And, and when I uh, exited my, my body, I went out my, my room and floated up into the air. Um, this wasn't a, a natural flotation, flotation. Like I did, I wasn't like meaning for this to happen. I just kind of like was energetically pulled up. And when I looked, uh, the, the higher I went, the more it, it, it kind of turned into like this giant tornado. This, I was like in the center of this chaotic, um, tornado that was hovering above my house which I'm assuming was because of all the inner energy, the negative energy that was going on at the time. But while I was up there, um, I could see other, other people uh, in the sky with like their, their, they, they call it not an umbilical cord, but like their um, uh, silver cord that's attached to their head, like going down into the earth. Like it was, it was quite high. Like I could, by the time I was at up so high, I couldn't see like my house at all. We were like in the clouds and I could see other people um, experiencing the same thing. I don't know those people in, in person, so I couldn't really, you know, say that they remember the experience. I don't know if they were like conscious enough to remember the experience because uh, the consciousness is on like a sliding scale. Sometimes you like kind of fall out of consciousness, but uh, that would be like one of the few times that I, I, experienced running into someone else and i'm like uh sorry i think this is my fault so did you interact with those people then no no not at all i just saw them from afar and and you okay you so you you brought up something that um i've talked to two other people on like on my actual show live mm -hmm. about this and neither of them have seen it um but the cord so you've actually seen that then yeah. Yeah. It's standard issue, I guess. Yeah. So, so the, um, the first lady that I talked to, she said that she astral projects all the time and that she's never once even seen that. Mm -hmm. And, um, the second guy, he actually said that too, that he's never seen the, the silver cord. So is that 
like do you see that every single time or is that like uh is that pretty common to see or is it not very common um i think it is common to see but i've also known of someone else a pretty popular person on uh, the astral projection uh topic teacher uh ryan cropper he also has not seen his uh astro- or he also doesn't have or feel his cord um i think it's there if you're looking for it i don't think it's particularly i think it's like one of those things where you focus your attention on and then it shows up okay gotcha and that su- allegedly ties you to your physical body right Allegedly, I don't think you. I think it's the the physical brain's way of feeling a sense of connection. I think it's like it just helps some people to feel like they're not going to get lost. It's it's just like uh, someone's someone's level of uh, comfort. Okay, so that right there, like as far as astral projection, the the cord. That's one thing that people who are not connected have experienced separately then? Yeah. See, that's really interesting to me because that's the same kind of a thing of, okay, if these people had no idea and they didn't know each other and they've astral projected, and I've even heard of people who did it on accident who had never even researched astral projection and they saw the cord, right? So that begs the question to me of where does that come from as far as like, if it's not necessarily a real experience, right? So where would that come from? Who knows? It's, I would say it's like your, like, uh, like a soul stream. Like it's your higher self connecting you to your, your physical body, right? Yeah. And yeah, so it's crazy to me that that's one thing that multiple people have seen. And it's kind of like almost verifies that it's real because these people had no idea of it beforehand and they still saw I would say it that and like yeah the amount of near-death experiences that i'm i'm surprised we don't take it more seriously with just how easy it is to experience it and or, or have like a near-death experience and like know for a fact that you're looking down at your body or you're looking down at your, your family members around you. You're talking to other people, but I'm not sure, not sure why, <laughs> but I, that's like one reason why I'm here to like, I don't know, just bring more awareness, bring, bring it more mainstream, I guess you want to say more normalized. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think that it's really cool. And I think that it's really cool for people that if they want to try it, if they're comfortable for me personally, I've said this before on my show, but, um, astral projection kind of scares me (laughs) just the thought of doing it. Oh yeah. (laughs) What is it that scares you? Um, let's see. I've, I've said it exactly this way on my show before. Okay. When you astral project, let's just, let's pretend for a minute that it's, 100% 100% real for the skeptics. Let's do it. So let's, let's just do. say when you astral project, you leave yeah. you leave your body, right? No. And there's no – well, I mean allegedly you you nope. quote unquote leave your body. That's the common – that's the common <laughs> okay. belief. So gotcha. you're a little bit different. But the common belief is <laughs> you leave your body. Okay. And there's no padlock there. 
So anything could come and go balls deep. <laughs> right. Right. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I heard the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, it's true. I mean, I mean, that's the common belief anyway. And that's why it kind right, of, right. that's why it spooks me. It's like, okay, well, what if I'm outside of my body and mm-hmm. something decides to just take it for a joyride and not give right. it back? Okay. All right. I, I will, I will, uh, I'm not here to to change your mind, but I will say that my belief is that it is not you don't leave your body. You're you're stretching your consciousness, conscious awareness to another aspect of your your soul stream. So imagine like we're in the third dimension. Let's say for simplistic reason, you have a higher self on the seventh dimension and he's sending us, he's, you're perpetually sending a soul stream of information back and forth from the seventh and the third dimension. What you're doing when you are having an astral, of an astral projection is you're taking your conscious awareness and then moving it to like the fourth or fifth or sixth or even the seventh dimension to your higher self. You're not leaving your body as an empty shell. You're just shifting your conscious awareness. And, and you astral project every single night that you go to sleep, whether you remember it or not, whether you have frequent dreams, whether you have black and white dreams, no dreams. Every time you sleep, you are astral projecting. And when you, when you, say you are astral projecting when you're actually having the experience of astral projecting. Okay. Gotcha. So let me, let me ask you this as kind of a follow up to what you said. I've heard multiple people talk about when they astral project, sometimes they'll hear or they'll see what they've called entities that try to scare Mm -hmm. them. Right. So what's that about? If, if we're not leaving our bodies, why are these, why are these entities or people there and scaring people? So glad you asked. Um, one, uh, when you get, we got to realize that when we go into these, like right now, we're in this 3D, 3D reality. Um, in order for us to, like we can, st- we still have the ability of manifesting. You've heard of like, uh, what is that? What is that one thing called? Um, the, the secret? You remember the secret? Uh, I'm not familiar, no, unfortunately. Okay, so I forget it was like in the early 2000s or something, but there's like this thing called The Secret. It was very popular because it gave like a a semi-decent way of explaining what manifestation is to a mass audience. But basically, uh, manifestation, you you, you focus on something and it shows up in your reality after a while when really you, you focus on something stuff you take action to for it to show up in your reality but essentially it takes a consistent amount of focus for what we want to appear in our reality to happen but we still have to think about what we think about does show up in our reality in some way or form Uh, when we're in the higher dimensions these dimensions are thought responsive so the the minute you think of something it happens immediately and if you're someone who 
hears a lot of ghost stories about how much astral projection is scary. If you accidentally have an astral projection when your belief is that someone could sneak into your body, what you're going to experience is you're going to be a, a vibrational match to a, a, a thought form that shows up into your, your experience because you think something scary might happen to you, you create the thing that's scary that's happening to you. Do you, you follow? For, for the most part, I do, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'm wrapping my head around it a little bit. You, you kind of got to explain it like I'm, like I'm four years old. <laughs> so what you think happens immediately. So if you think something is scary, you think something scary is going to happen to you when you astral project, something scary will happen to you when you ask to project. Okay. Uh, that's why it's very important to like be in full. That's why uh, I teach a very holistic approach to it where you like focus on your past traumas in this reality. Cause if you're trying to ask to project when you have um, n- like negative thoughts towards yourself, uh, those thoughts, when you are in the astral plane, they'll show up with like a um, negative negative experience in in that reality okay well let me ask you this and i i'm sorry if i'm kicking a dead horse here but you know i um the last guy i talked to about this he said that the first time he tried astral projection he had heard like he wasn't really expecting like a scary experience i guess to be fair to look at it from both sides, he had read about scary experiences, right? But from from what I understood from him, he he wasn't going into it like looking for a scary ex- or expecting a scary experience. He was expecting mm-hmm. to just like be able to fly around and go to other planets and hang out with aliens or you know whatever. So he mm-hmm. he sits up out of his body, like because he'd been trying to do it, trying to do it. All of a sudden, he like pops up out of his body, and he's like, "Whoa!" And he turns around, and there's like nine. Well, he used the word "gypsies" in his room, Gypsy. like European gypsies sitting there, just staring at him, just watching him. And then, <laughs> and then one of them stood up and like apparently started like walking towards him, and it freaked him out so bad that he like jumped back in his body and. <laughs> And woke up, and then he didn't do it again for like years because that scared him so bad. But he yeah. wasn't necessarily like looking for or or expecting a scary experience, but it still happened to him. And he told me that apparently that happens to a lot of people where they're kind of mm-hmm. ready to kind of have a, this cool out of body experience where they're going to fly around and and see the universe and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, boom! There's something they're scaring the shit out of them. So. So where does that come from then? If it, if it's completely just allegedly out of the blue. Well, to me, I would say one. Um, I guess scary is a matter of perspective. I have this odd phobia about lizards that I'm working on. So I I, I have actively am like trying to befriend a lot of lizards around my area right now but it is like an actual uh, thing i had growing up i was like just i don't know just the way they walked or whatever it's a thing either way um but i'm not terrified of spiders i like i can pick one up with my hand and then move it out move it out of my uh 
my out of out of my place. But my girlfriend is afraid of spiders. Um, I could say that those gypsies were about to ask him for help, uh, but uh, he w- he found the fact that someone was in his house, even though he's in like a um, a different reality, different set of rules. Like there's no ownership of area in in that area in that in that uh, dimension. You know, there's like no ownership of like, hey, this is my house. Can you not be here? Or like, or like, uh, since he doesn't astral project enough to, you know, keep his space clean and like, a, like ward off these entities, like they could just be like, hey, I didn't know you would be out of your body. What's up, buddy? Or, you know, there is a, uh, a sense of when you do exit into the astral plane, there are a lot of people who have transitioned or passed over who aren't aware that they are currently dead, you know? So you might run into experience where they are, let's say, occupying uh, a space in your house where we get like ghosts and ghosts and stuff. Um, They might not know that they are, actually physically dead okay so that's going to open up a whole other can of worms here (laughs) so so are you are you claiming that that ghosts and astral projection are kind of linked in some way i am claiming that yes they are the same Okay, so i've heard i've heard a bunch of different stuff about this and it's fascinating i'm trying to get a couple people who like specialize in communicating with dead people like mediums or Mm. physical mediums really i'm trying to get some of those people on here because i've heard a lot of different stuff right so you're saying that there's full-on people there there's some people that say that ghosts are like a fragment of somebody's soul or like a there's some people Mm. that say that ghosts are just like recorded memories in a space so you know Mm -hmm. you're you're saying that they simply enter the astral plane and when you leave your or sorry expand your consciousness from your body you become more aware of these entities then or these beings yeah so you can imagine um like uh one one teacher gave this really good explanation where this story of like say like let's say imagine that someone was um, there's a guy walking out of a store. He's got headphones on. He's not really paying attention to anything. He's like on his phone, like the kids do. And he walks into traffic and this, this bus comes and hits him and his physical body goes flying this way. But since he's not aware of it, his astral body just keeps walking forward and he's not aware that he was just essentially killed. And he walks into the next store and just like tries to buy something. And he looks up at the guy because his hand like flies right through the thing. He's like, hey, what's wrong with your fruit over here? He's like, he doesn't realize that he just died a little while ago over there. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard something like that before. And okay, so that's interesting. Um, you, You remember when I told you about that little girl that kind of like, she called herself a visitor, okay, when she entered Taylor's body. She straight up was like, Ian, I don't yeah. think I'm one of Taylor's past lives. She told me 
okay, that she had been wandering for since like the 1860s or 70s, and she had been wandering Whoa. around. Okay, and she said that everywhere you go, there are people everywhere, all over. Okay, and yeah, I, and I literally was like, "So, are you saying that?" And she just interrupted me. And she said, "Ghosts, they're ghosts." She literally said that. That's like an exact quote. So that kind of blows my mind that that you made that <laughs> connection because I've had an experience where, where this little girl, um kind of said what you were saying but she she uh she actually had died but she was aware that she died because she was murdered it, it was right. it's really horrible i don't i don't want to talk about mm. how she died because yeah, it, no it gets me but yeah that's kind of creepy man it creeps me out yeah yeah that's one thing that's like i think that's like my driving point it's it's not so much to just use this for fun. Like there's so much fun you could have with astral projection and the ability to just learn that we are connected to everything that exists. And like the, the ability to, I'm not saying for everyone to connect with their past ones because people do uh, move on. They do move, you know, for lack of a better word, up the ladder, they do uh, reincarnate into to uh, different people on the astral plane. But I think the most important thing is to have a full understanding of what our reality, what our universe, what our existence is actually made of. So when we do pass on, we're not, we're not having this, like this, uh, I want to say like plastic thought or plastic um uh this is a lack of a better like a better word for it but we don't we don't we have a better understanding of how the universe actually works and we're not trapped into what we might experience when we pass on like when people say like nothing exists when you die it's just black if you have that current belief in in yourself right now then that's what you will experience when you pass on um, there are of course spirit guides who are very skilled at helping you out of that. But why, why do that? Just, I feel like it's better to just experience what the truth of this reality is now. It makes it a lot easier with uh, coming to the truth of reality when we pass on. Yeah, I've heard about that blackness thing where people who have had near death experiences they're like, okay, it was it was just black and it was empty and there was nothing. But it was but the thing is is they're they're aware. They're aware of that blackness, right? Which means there's something there cuz if, yeah. if you're aware of the blackness and the nothingness, <laughs> then there's something there cuz yeah. if there was nothing, there would be nothing. But there are they literally are like there was blackness and it was just black and nothing. It's like okay, but yeah, you you knew that it was black, so you were you were still there, bro. Like what what do you, what else do you I want? Never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so in that ex, in that type of experience, uh, well, yeah, in that type of experience, I would assume that they are just in their own little thought bubble of blackness, and that's all they that they see is because that's all what they believe is. Do you know what an egregore is? I'm not familiar. No. I think it's an egregore. It's it's like the concept of 
um, all this energy is being focused into a focal point, which then manifests um, the concept or the thing. Like, for example, uh, I'll just use a common, uh, I better not go there. I'll just use hell. I'll, I'll use yeah. hell as an example. So mm -hmm. the concept is, is like, hell is a real place, right? But mm. you don't get sent there. You, you would get, you, you basically choose to go there unconsciously because you feel like you yeah. deserve to go there, but it's a real place and there are people there and, uh, they, they all went there by choice, but it was created by so many people believing that hell yeah. is real, that it yep. actually just manifested as a place. Right. So I wonder if th this whole conversation has kind of made me wonder if like this, this blackness place that people go to is also actually a real place where there's multiple, most likely where there's people there just like hell um and other things that i kind of think that are egregores that i'm not going to go into yet because i don't want to offend people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel you um yeah it's kind of like uh so there is a thing about consensus realities that we create um intentionally and unintentionally intentionally and un um non-intentionally whatever the right wording is um like for instance heaven and hell there are uh places in the astral plane or in in our i wouldn't say the astral plane it's not like it's on the the in the fourth dimension or whatever but like in our reality there are these consensus realities where people go to because that's what they believe on our on our uh in our in our time space in our reality right now if there was a if if we got enough people to believe that dogecoin was uh, uh actually on the moon or like its own city like when they passed over like when you die you go to dogecoin's uh skyscraper like it would actually create that in uh, its own consensus reality, if enough people were to believe it. I don't know what that number is where enough people have to believe this thing, but if you get enough people believing in heaven and hell, you create that consensus reality in, in, in the uh, higher dimensions. Yeah. That, and that's kind of exactly what an egregore is. It's, it's just um, right, the right. concept of like, Create uh, manifesting something with a like a group manifestation, basically. Ah, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Right. So all this energy is going to a focal point, and then it just all of a sudden manifests whatever it is that's believed in. Right. Right. So exactly. that's that's interesting. To, just just to think about, you know, you you were aware of hell and and the blackness <laughs> when you went there, <laughs> <laughs> and like how much you believe you believe you're supposed to be there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you believe you're going to go there, that's where you're going to go because you're, you're, um, like attracts like. And that's a common thing with near death experiences too is like, you know, you're whatever you are putting out there, you're going to find. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's what that little girl told me too. She, I was like, well, okay, well, why are you here? And she was like, I think I was invited. And I was like, by who? And she was like, I don't really know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, okay, first of all, you can't stay here. <laughs> and and second of all, <laughs> I was like, and second of all, what's to stop someone else from just 
hijacking this and she just said you know you're you're pretty much going to find whatever you're looking for so if you're looking to have a positive experience mm. you're probably going to yeah. have a positive experience but then she said something that scared the shit out of me she was like but there are some things out there that just want to hurt you and they've chased me before yeah they, they said that yes she said that they chased her before and they scare her so gotta be careful yeah gotta be careful that when it comes to that, you have to re- realize that you are, you have to like fully, fully feel that you are part of this infinite creation. Like you are a part of source energy. You are a part of God. You are a part of you. Like you can't be harmed. You have to fully believe that. And these things, they might still show up. They might still try and, uh, have cause and effect within you. They they can't harm you, but they can cause you to feel a certain way where you don't feel safe, which they can turn, you know, I don't want to say suck your energy, but like they can like be like get joy out of it type of thing. Um, but you also have the ability to remove yourself from that experience you also have the ability to not stay within that experience uh this is also a a good reason why one of the first things i say is never to tell your address to anyone when you exit the uh when you exit your body and you go out exploring you never want to like tell them your address you never want to tell them where you live that's interesting (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of wild. So, you know, you you touched on something that's my f- absolutely my favorite subject to talk about on this show. Yeah. And that's spirit guides. Because yeah. it's just a fascinating subject to me. I, and you know, I've had enough experiences mm. with spirit guides. I can't deny that they exist, you know, like um I, I've had just too many too many things happen. You know, it's it's just I can't. And nice. You know, was, some people think that they're part of yourself, but I don't think that. I I truly believe mm-hmm. that that they're a separate order of beings. Yeah, I I think the same. I think they are. You know, a lot of them are just like you, you and me. We who passed on and was like, okay, I, I, it's time to give back. I, I have enough experience. I like, I'm, I'm ready to help out as well. And then some who never enter the physical world at all. And that's just, that's just what they choose to give back to the universe. They, they here to help and they're here to help guide you and whatever you need. I've had my, my fair share of experiences with spirit guides as well what was what would be one like one what's a profound experience that you had so i keep going back to this and i've talked about this so many times on my show i bet my audience is just getting tired of it but but that <laughs> that little girl experience again i can't even remember right, her right. name off the top of my head because i've done a lot of these but the when she was talking taylor's said that she was standing there next to her spirit guide watching this little girl talk through her own mouth so it was kind of okay. wild, right? And right. so mid-sentence, we were talking about, as soon as we started talking about what happened to her after she died, 
like mid-sentence, she goes, quit tugging on me. I'm trying to talk. <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? And she's like, oh, sorry, Taylor's guide's trying to pull me out. And I was like, what is, I was just like, my head was spinning. I was like, what is going on? She's just like, get out of there. But, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, later, <laughs> later, Taylor's, Taylor said that, that she was standing there. And as soon as she started to talk, her spirit guide grabbed a cord that was attached to this little girl's back and started yanking right. on it, trying to get her out of there. Right. And he was yanking on her, trying to pull her out. And, um, and this was completely like, she wasn't, she wish like Taylor was like witnessing this happening. Yeah. She said that she felt like she could have kicked like kicked her out at any point. She felt like she could have just removed her, but her, her spirit guide was like yanking on this cord with both arms. Just like, not like forcefully pulling, but like tugging on it. Like, you know, like it's almost like if you were, if you were walking a dog and you had a leash and you just, your dog was like, (laughs) like smelling something. You're like, Hey, and you just like tugged it a couple of times. Like, come on, come on. on." It was kind of like that, but she's like, quit tugging on me. I'm I'm trying to talk. And so eventually he just kept on, tugging it just got more and more frequent like pull 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 and and right. she was like i think i have to go soon and i was like yeah it's probably for the best but you can't really hang around here you've got to go move on try to find a spirit guide and she was like yeah. i don't know if i have one i was like well i was like well they exist because you just interacted with one so try to find one, <laughs> try to find some try to find some help right so we i ended up telling her like sorry you can't hang around Cause she said that she was scared and I was like, I know you're scared, but you know, you said that you're going to find what you're looking for. So go find what you were looking for. Right. Anyway. So once that little girl gets pulled out, Taylor's spirit guide was kind of like freaked out a little bit. Right. <laughs> and he like walked up to her and put his finger in her face, like as if like chastising her for some reason. Don't do that again. Yeah. yeah, like don't do that again. And she she hasn't done one since. But what happened was is she was just sitting there still in trance and she's like, I'm sorry. And his <laughs> her spirit guide walked up like an invisible staircase of some kind and opened a door like out of nowhere, out of out of nothing, and then walked through it. And I didn't Classy. I didn't know that happened. And I was like, do I have your spirit guide's permission to bring you back out. And apparently he opened the door thing and then made a shooing motion with his hands and then shut the door again. <laughs> oh, brought her up. So that's one. And then, right. <laughs> and then another one I had is I was regressing someone and, um, she just kept seeing walls, just mm. walls. And, and my job as the practitioner is to help people mm-hmm. get through these walls. Right. But she, she just couldn't get past these walls. And this is a weird question. I, I have never really heard anybody else outside of my show talk about this. And I'm going to ask you a question, but I swear I'm going somewhere with it. So think okay. think about your own brain, right? Just turn your attention to your own brain and think about yep, juicy. the location of where your thoughts come from. I don't believe they come within the brain. I believe there's a sea of thought information that's just around us oh okay but it enters your brain from a certain point like a certain spot it enters a brain i would say the pineal gland in the center the center of the the brain right so but in your personal brain 
if you think about your yeah. thoughts, where where do you personally feel the physical feeling of? It's a weird. It's so weird to explain. Like my, I feel like back left, back left. Okay, right bottom. There you go. So that's what I'm talking about <laughs> right there. Yeah, your thoughts. You feel like they come from the back left of your brain. I feel like mine come from like the dead center, like kind of almost like at the bottom, dead center of my yeah. brain. And everybody yeah. gets. I think my my wife said that hers come from like the top or the forehead. I don't remember, but you know, everybody's is a little mm -hmm. bit different. I've never heard back left before, but my thoughts come from like the, the lower middle center of my brain. So right. when I was regressing this person, I, I was um, trying to figure out a way to, to get her through these walls. And I felt like a, right. It was almost like a sentence was stamped right across from the, the middle of my forehead, like the from left to right. My thoughts don't come from there. That's not where I'm, I've right. never felt thoughts. Oh, at, at that location before. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, that's that was that was all that was a really profound experience for me too because it really like a spirit guy was saying. Yeah, it really made me feel like okay you need to pay attention f from like the direction in your actual brain where your thoughts are coming from, because it could be communication. Cause I never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So it was, it's just kind of weird, but those are a couple. Oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I've had a bunch, man. There's, I can't deny that they exist <laughs> because of things like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then there's you can, people who've described my guide without even ever knowing me. Like some person on Reddit I saw was doing a, they, they're like, we'll do a, a free spirit guide reading. I was like, sure, why not? And I, I messaged them. I was like, I'll, I'd like to do that. And I forgot about it. So they messaged me back and they basically described my, the same thing I saw in my regression as my guide. Whoa. And I, I had no idea who this person was or anything. Wait, what does he look like? What does he look like? He's like a seven foot tall owl interesting like he's huge and i'm not gonna lie the first time i saw him it scared the shit out of me whoa because i didn't know what like, it was i didn't know what it was what? i was like what the hell but again i didn't what color brown and white brown interesting brown with white tips but keep in mind i didn't actually see him i just got yeah. like a download like an impression gotcha gotcha but yeah that that's what he looked like. And they pretty much like, they're like, you have an animal guide and, and you also have another guide and they work together a lot. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was wild. Uh, yeah. Mine, my spirit guy. Well, okay. One of them, the first time I like asked to speak to a spirit guide was a little chubby guy named Ted. And he was, a, uh, I believe from the, the point so what what had happened was I like astral projected, got out of my body. It was like still one of my like the first time I projected and like I sluggishly made my way through my front door and like like I was on the second floor and I kind of like floated down to the to the to the ground floor of this like apartment complex. We had like this big open place where we could like park our cars, and everything shifted to this giant. Uh, uh open open space and a giant hanger was was uh 
put where my house was, where my apartment was. There's this giant hanger. And this guy walked out. He's like, I can't remember. It was so long. I was so, so upset. Always write down your, always write down your experiences. I didn't write this down. But he said something to the, along the lines of like, what's up? Hey, and uh, how can I help or something? He was like, and then I just like saw in his jacket, he was, he was like wearing this like uh, one piece jumper for like a mechanic jumper. And I was like, but my attention was like, hey, I need to speak to a spirit guide. And then like that dude came out. I was like, the f- <laughs> that's awesome, man. I, yeah, I wish you would have wrote it down so we could talk about it a little bit more. But I, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, with this aphantasia thing, it's so hard to go into. I would love to have like a conversation with mm. my guide, but I can't hear anything and I can't see anything. Mm. Um, the closest interaction I feel like I've had is I, I tried tarot cards um, yeah. at the advice of somebody. And also my, my friend Ashton, he came on the show. He's like a practicing death witch. He kind of got me into it. And I mm-hmm. figured, oh, I'll, I'll try it to do some research for my show. So the first night I had him, I was shuffling him around. He's like, you know, play with your deck a little bit. Shuffle it around as much as you can and sleep with it by your head so it can get used to your energy. Take it on trips with you and so on and so forth. Right. So I had it out of the out of the, the box and it was just sitting on the arm of my chair. But the thing is, is it was on an, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. So I have like this little flat spot in the middle of my couch mm-hmm. and then there's a little raise, like it's like a center console that you can lift up and put like snacks in there or your controllers or whatever. Gotcha. But right in front of it, there's like a little space that you can put stuff on. Right. Gotcha. So it's sitting in, it has a hole in it in the, underneath the leather so it sits like if you put something on it, it's going to lean backwards so the cards were like on an angle um leaning backwards against like the arm does that make sense it's yeah. probably like a really clunk clunky way to tell it but <laughs> no worries but um i was sitting there and my wife my wife's pregnant okay and so i was sitting Congrats. there thank you but it was just for context but thank you <laughs> i was sitting there and all of a sudden these cards that were sitting on an on an angle leaning backwards two yeah. cards slid upward like against gravity mind <laughs> you they slid upward and fell off of the deck and i was like what the hell so it creeped me out because i saw it out of the corner of my eye and then they just both flopped over and they were talking the cards were talking about like basically like a new beginning and a new chapter and also one Ooh. of the cards, one of the one of the divinary, divination meanings was the birth of a beloved child. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that, that one, is awesome. That scared me. Honestly, I, I almost I almost got rid of the deck, but I was like, you know what? I better no. not. I shouldn't be afraid of this. I'm I'm doing research, and right, right. I love it. It's it's fun. I I've I've done so many different tarot readings now because it's it's like a fun hobby. It may or may not be real. As a disclaimer. Mm, yeah <laughs> but that's right. a little bit too much of a coincidence <laughs> yeah for me it's like okay At thanks point, like yeah. i appreciate it but god <laughs> <laughs> i know that's awesome congratulations hey thank you yeah and uh thanks to my tarot deck i guess 
which is wild. That that I'm serious though. That that kind of scared me. I was like, "What in the hell did I just get myself into?" <laughs> Waking up, yeah. Uh, I've I've played a little bit with tarot decks, and uh, I uh, probably not as much as I could, but they have been very guiding. And in that sense, I feel like it doesn't matter what you use, as long as you have a strong belief in it that it works, then you can use playing cards as long as you 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 have like a firm a firm belief that hey this is i'm using this object to allow spirit guys to allow my higher higher self to speak through this to guide me like doesn't matter what it is use dice if you want yeah and and the visualization like i've when i've done readings for people just you know i do it as a hobby right i don't do it and I always tell them like, okay, this may or may not be real, you whatever. But I've started doing like visualizations too of like, nice people imagine have, having them imagine energy being in like the very center or the core of their body, and then imagining it spreading upwards into their chest, out through their arms, into their fingers, and uh, then into good. the deck <laughs> while they're thinking about their problem or their question and i've noticed that since i've started doing that the readings have been a lot more accurate nice which you know is it a coincidence no way is it not i mean we all i think every uh i believe um and soon hopefully science will believe too that everything is reality is made out of the same thing it's just showing up in a different format showing up in a different different uh expression of what it is wood you're made of the same thing and you're just learning how to manipulate energy right i've definitely heard that before i've heard it described a couple different ways like one way was you've got your arm right Mm. and then you look down at your hand and you have your fingers (laughs) and you think you think of your fingers as different from your arm, but really where do your muscles from your fingers go? Right. Yeah. Your, your arm, right. So your arm is, it's the same thing, but you look at it differently. The same. I've heard it also described as like an octopus where mm, the different tentacles favorite. have like their own brain. Yep. But it's still part of the same thing being same creature, yeah. same source. Octopus is my spirit animal. <laughs> I guess mine's an owl. <laughs> who knows i don't know why I, I i don't even like my favorite animal is an elephant i don't know why i would make that up like oh i'm gonna imagine this massive owl that's gonna scare the shit out of me and like i don't know why i would imagine that maybe it's not imagination it's uh just what life is <laughs> that's just your spirit animal yeah it's like I, I, well one it's like just I would say uh, you, you mentioned that he was your spirit guide, not your spirit animal. Your spirit animal is just something you really resonate with and you really, um, you really connect to, you really uh, feel into. And uh, your spirit animal is also uh, not the only one. You can have a spirit, spirit, uh, a positive, uh, positive spirit animal, uh, of what say like a negative spirit animal, like the, the opposite of a spirit animal, like a, the totem pole. Or you could have a spirit fruit, spirit rock, as in like crystal, your your spirit crystal. Um, it's it's a it's a multiple 
complex thing. It's just like the most common is like spirit animal. And I've heard it talked about a lot, like spirit animals too. I've heard it talked about a lot, but I feel like people are just like, oh, I think this animal's cute. So that's my spirit animal, <laughs> right? But then like people like me who like owls creep me out <laughs> in, like in my life. If I see an owl, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm out of here. Ooh, ooh. Maybe, I, of course, like I have no clue. I'm just like speculating. Like maybe you had an experience with your your owl spirit guy when you were younger and you just don't remember it. And you just kind of like still a little creeped out about it. Well, I, I don't know how I could have had an experience like that with my Aphantasia. Because mm. like I said, I can't see anything at all Mm, i can't visualize so i don't know i i think it's more like in native american culture and stuff the owl is looked at as like a sign of um like death or an omen of death or danger gotcha and um if there's anything that i kind of buy into more as far as that kind of stuff goes it's it's Mm -hmm. them and also kind of off topic um a lot of people who were abducted by aliens claim to have seen owls. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah. It's a common thing. You look it up if you're interested. It's uh, yeah, very, I'm going to include, hold on. I'm going to make a note to include that. Yeah. That's, that's why they kind of creep me out. And so that's why I was like kind of surprised Wonder why. when this owl was standing there and it like pointed me in the direction I needed to go. And I was like, what the hell? And I kind of just walked by with like in my head, Obviously, I walked by with like a gaping mouth, like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what in the hell?" Yeah, it was, yeah. it was wild, man. It was wild. <laughs> so I do have another question for you before we kind of start wrapping things up. Sure. And I, you may or may not have heard of this, but it came up in my last in my last um, episode about astral projection, mm-hmm. and it blew my mind, and it it fascinated me so much that I, I like after I got off of the call and got everything closed down, I went and talked to my wife. I called my mom. I called my brother and I called my sister and I was like, guys, you got to check this out. Mm. So I have from from this gentleman that I, his name's John from, from John. He told me that people have, well, he kind of told me two things. He told me that when you astral project, it's a common thing for people to say like avoid power lines or electricity because it can mess with you. Um, mm-hmm. And then he said something that really got me. He's like, also avoid like top secret structures. So like the white house and the Pentagon <laughs> and uh, <laughs> area 51 stuff like that, because <laughs> apparently people have tried to go in there. And then when they go there, all of a sudden, these astral projecting like security guards will walk out and be like, you're not supposed to be here. And apparently they can get detained in these electrified cells. So he told me about that. He said that multiple people have reported that. So, so can you speak to that at all? Uh, yes, that is totally true. That don't do that. Don't, don't go to area 51. Don't even, uh, I, I want to say parts of the moon. I haven't, I haven't explored all that over here because I'm just like still like mm, this is not because uh, why? 
but yeah, any government government facility, they all they all know that this exists. They all know they've used it um, in like a uh, a program called uh, Star. <laughs> believe it or not, Stargate, the Stargate program. They had they uh, started teaching. They actually sent uh, a bunch of uh, army 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 troops to see. Robert Monroe Institute to learn how to astral project because um, Russians or the Soviet Union was learning how to remote view. So they kind of, they, they know it exists. They've been doing it for years and uh, they definitely have their own methods of seeing them or seeing people who are astral projecting and, and then stopping them. I think they are at the point where they have devices that can point out the energy signature of someone within a base or within their proximity and it stops them or they, they uh, find them. I haven't heard the electricity fence thing, but that's not to say it doesn't exist. I could totally see that happening. Uh, never need to go near power lines because uh, why go near power lines anyway? So I, I've never heard that, but I'm, I would not doubt that that doesn't exist. Yeah. That is so wild like but if you if you really yeah. think about it why wouldn't they you know what i mean if yeah. they know it exists of course they have like astral oh, yeah. projecting um whole division probably i mean jeez that's that's it's kind of scary to think about too if it's real well the, there is one thing to note is that they they could at one hand, they lost some people when they were first learning how to uh, teach their soldiers how to ash project. Because when you learn how to ash project, you realize that you are connected with everything is a, a part of you. So they started losing soldiers because the soldiers were like, "I, I don't want to kill myself. Like we're just shooting each other, guys. Let's let's not do that." But on the same hand. They had people who were like, I see that whatever I do doesn't really affect uh, the the prayer, like the the greater scheme of reality. I see that if I go out and kill someone, like it's part of the universe learning another part of itself. So it was uh, it's interesting because um, it's like I feel like astral projection is like. It's just like a, it's just another tool to experience this reality. It's just another tool to experience life, and like any tool, you can be used for good, or it could be used to build a house, or it could be used to in that show Dexter. If you catch my drift, for sure. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that things like this, I feel, should be more prevalent in our culture. Yeah. Especially for me personally, past life regression. Yeah. Because, and, and this falls, uh, astral projection can be, fall under this umbrella too. Regardless, for any skeptics out there listening, regardless of whether or not you are actually remembering a past life, regardless of whether or not you're leaving your body or expanding your consciousness, mm. it's a real experience. Yeah. And you're having an experience, whether or not it's in your brain. And a lot of the times, you come out of these experiences feeling 
like you've learned an important lesson or feeling like you have more direction in your life or something like that. It's usually you come out of these things with a positive mm. outlook oh. on things. Yeah. And that's exactly. why I, th I think that these things should be more widely accepted in Western culture because like, I know that I've heard that in Egypt, they had these things called sleep temples, which is basically like temples mm. dedicated to like astral projection and past life regression and things like that. And if mm. you look at um, astral projections specifically, this is literally just right on the Wikipedia. It's talked about loosely in the, in the Bible. It's mentioned in um, ancient Egypt, mm -hmm. China, Hinduism, yep. Japan, um, and some in Inuit groups and in the Amazon as well. Mm -hmm. So it's all over the world. And these cultures like in the Amazon, you couldn't, you couldn't really be farther from Japan, but the concept still exists yeah. cross-culturally. Yeah. And the way they don't, they don't hide. Oh, they do hide information, but they don't hide all the information. They just learn to distract us for, from even wanting to, to learn about it by creating more apps for your phone. Well, that, and you know, I don't have time to to do this stuff because I've got bills to pay or yeah, I've, been, right. I've, I've been working so hard to <laughs> right. pay my bills that I'm so tired. I just want to sonk out and play video games for six hours on the exactly. weekend or watch TV. Um, yeah. So, you know, for anybody out there listening, um, definitely give some of this stuff a shot. Try out some guided meditations, try to learn how to um, do past life regressions, reach out to a qualified practitioner or learn how to astral project. And, you know, Spencer, I know that you have a class mm. where you teach people how to astral project. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's called uh, Elysium School of Transformation. Uh, it's going to be opening back up. We are we're going through a beta round right now. It's going to be opening back up in September. And yeah, we just teach a very holistic approach to astral projection. And we want to focus on strengthening your, your physical body, your, your mental state, like what your, your thoughts that you're using, the, the, the negative thoughts, we're, we're moving negative thoughts from your, your reality. And we're focusing on making it easier to, or guiding you through the ability to astral project within a short time period. That's great, Spencer. Well, you know, everybody, if, if that's something that interests you, please check that out. I'll include a link to it or, you know, whatever we can in the description as far as how to sign up and other information to that. And Spencer, is there, is there anything that you'd like to leave the audience with? Uh, yes. Um, remember that this reality is, there's more to this reality than, than meets the eye. And question everything. Don't believe anything with blind faith. Uh, I always say experience it for yourself. If, if, if astral projection is something that's calling to you, then I highly recommend trying it out for yourself and, and experiencing it and going through the process of, you know, not just tipping your toe in, but doing it enough to really see the transformational shift that can happen when you experience 
the re- uh, all of reality that we are connected as one like it's an understatement how much we are connected and how much the i say hatred and and pain within this reality can create well, i couldn't have said it better myself and spencer thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show thank you this was awesome i really enjoyed talking to you that's it for today's episode i'd like to thank spencer for coming on to the show and i'd also like to thank you for tuning in if you'd like to learn how to astral project with spencer you can head over to elysium school of transformation.com and there will be a link in the description if you've had a spiritual experience and you'd like to come on to the show to share your views and share a new perspective, email me. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com and I would love to have you on the show. <laughs>